the record, right? Cheers. Episode nine of the podcast, Off the Record with Nick and Trey. Here we are in our studio, producing music, living life, uh, meeting each other in between to discuss the complexities of emotions and stress, anxiety, and uh, trying to make something happen, trying to produce something. <laughs> We're just trying to get something out, but but the value in all of this for us in the podcast is being here with you. Um, we appreciate you listening, and we just are happy to share these interesting stories and revelations that come to us, um, because this is like we say almost every episode, this is truly the things that shape us. Trey, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. We got a lot of work done tonight. Uh, got some issues solved, which we, I'm happy about. We did. Just to give an insight into where we're at, we have uh, gone through our 13-track album that is set to release. We have a, you know, this new album that is going to be a little different than all of our previous albums, something new, something fresh. We've gone through every track, listed out the uh, small details we're going to fix, and then we sit here together and we uh, work through them. That's uh, easier said than done, of course. So in any given night, we'll be able to get through one or one and a half tracks of of notes. Yeah. Tonight we got through... a. About one. Yeah. M- maybe. And um, we did get, we tonight we got sidetracked on something a little bigger than just our notes, which was good because uh, it will change the tone of a track that we have had set kind of in stone for a while, which is yeah. good. Don't get set in your ways, man. Let things be fluid because the minute that something better comes along... If you haven't released the track, you might want to consider taking that because it'll be better. And then you will be happy when it releases. Just be aware that it'll throw off everything else. (laughs) That is the only issue is that we we adjust a piano piano track in one, one song. And now every part of that song has to be touched up just a little bit because the tone of the piano has changed. Um, so we got to do some EQ, you know, some additional side chaining, and then some uh, ducking, I would say, EQ ducking for other elements, which is totally fine. We use so, a lot of duck samples in our music. I, I, yeah, all duck samples, actually. Our new band is called uh, um, the Quack, Quack Conspiracy. I mean, it's all duck samples. The entire song. Well, not all track. duck samples. There's There's duck samples hidden throughout all the tracks and if you can find all the duck samples you get a free t-shirt but you have to find all of them and there's one that's really hard to find super hard like i couldn't even find it nick hit it in one of the tracks and i it took me a while to find it so i got a t-shirt you could too you'll have to be a pro duck sleuth to be able to find it it's pretty good it's gonna be great you're gonna love it (laughs) So here we are. Um, 
you know, this week on the podcast is uh, we're going to talk about different things. Last week we talked a lot about Inktober, the value in in committing to daily creations, and whether it's uh, drawing or writing or video production or music production, it it's uh, the the value in in that commitment is not in what you make; it's in the amount of progress you make in the committed time that you allow yourself. Uh, we had, we talked about a couple of our friends like Chase Manhattan is a pal um, that's doing daily beat music production in Ableton. Um, and he's committed from several weeks ago to do one beat every day for a year, which I totally applaud. And after a year his ability will um, really grow because every day he's challenging himself to do something within a really short amount of time. He'll be able to understand his library better, his own creative process better, and whether or not he's making full tracks as quickly, he'll understand how to like create those short tracks really well which is just a stepping stone, man. Because eventually he could do a track a day. Yeah. I assume. And like, if you want to do a short short film a day, you could. You just really have to know yourself. Yeah. You have to know your process so well. And that's the value of that. So we talked about that last week. Um, this week, we've, we kind of kicked it off before we started recording about... Um, we were talking a little bit about dreams. Yeah. And dreams really fascinating. Uh, something literally fell out of Trey's face, face today. Yeah, I'll talk, and, I'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, um, I actually, I think I talked about this on one of the podcasts. I was getting a tooth extracted. And uh, that was that was probably a month, month or month and, month a, ago. Month and a half ago. I don't know. It was a long time Episode ago. Episode four, let's say. Yeah, it was back there sometime. Uh, got a tooth pulled because it was real gnarly. Uh, been meaning to do that for several years now, finally got it done. Um, what I didn't know, however, is that when you get a tooth pulled, the gum structure around the tooth starts to reform and, you know, fill in the, the socket of your tooth. But I didn't know that the gums actually have tiny bones inside of them. And for about Two weeks now, I've had this piece of bone sticking out of my gums. And I was like, I hate this. This is the worst. And I guess this is my life now because what do you do when there's bone exposed in your mouth? I guess you just grind it down and like hope it goes away. And cry. And cry <laughs> and be terrified and upset, uh, which is what I've been doing for two weeks. Literally, when I came in to the studio today to sit down and do some music oh my god nick's looking at the grossest fucking tooth mouth pictures online i'm curious i was looking this, at images this of, isn't helping me like bone, I'm, bones I'm in the gums. we found i found a photo of a of oh a dude with one third of a tooth oh my god and that's, that's not okay I'm of already. He's got like tons of facial hair. Too, I'm already so traumatized by my own mouth problems, and Nick is showing me all the all the things that could possibly no, go wrong. Work. 
it's just the worst. Anyways, uh, so my hope was that this bone would just grind down and go away. But literally when I came in here and sat down, I started like kind of feeling that it was like kind of loose a little bit. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it broke off a little bit. And then literally I pulled it out with my tooth. Nick saw what it looked like. I touched it. He touched it. I didn't make him, but I, I he was thought curious. it was a commitment to my partner. It did fall on the ground and I lost it for a little bit. Uh, got a little dirty, but we, we will be putting it on our eBay store. Yeah. So if Trace you're interested, um, probably smells a little bit. Uh, I can't do anything about that. It's not even part of my body anymore. But the value. The value uh, could be <laughs> could be worth something someday. Probably not. No, it's nowhere that. But that's the gamble. But that's the tooth the came out. So that it's funny because like it wasn't a tooth. It was like a piece of bone that was just like lodged yeah, in my gum. The bone support yes. that was in your gums around your tooth, which neither neither I nor you knew about. No, I didn't know that until no. you literally told me about it. I thought I would have it in my mouth for the next five years and be annoyed by that. I like, I was annoyed by the tooth that they pulled out. That's why I had it pulled out. Yeah. And then I had a bone. And I was like, well, now this is my fucking annoyance of my life. It's but luckily, crazy. it was detached and it came out. And I still have a little bit in there, but we'll see how that goes. So if you have any uh, weird bone chunks in your gums after a tooth uh extraction, extraction. just grab your tweezers freaking pull those bitches out it, unless it hurts too much no nah, just fight mine, through the pain mine kind of hurt a little bit well but it's not attached it's just kind of in there it's kind of in there and uh, it, i i hate i hate it that's the thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Teeth are a remarkable thing. Teeth are so incredible because they help you in so many ways. But stuff goes wrong. They get sensitive. Things go south. It's not a great time. No. Nope. Nope. It's the biggest stressor in my life, I think, is my teeth. I'm healthy otherwise. Pretty healthy. And I've had some severe medical issues in my life. But, like, I've had a lot of dental work. And it has never been a good experience for me. So yeah, that's so, do you, like, so we were, we were talking briefly too about the, uh, context of, um, of our dreams. And we, and I think it's really interesting that there are dream books for all of our culture, maybe not all of the world, but <coughs> at least like maybe just Western civilization. I'm not sure, but, that like your when you have dreams about your teeth that that signifies something yeah and and there's a there's a stressor a common stressor that is uh that the dream uh oracles tell you yeah well i mean it's like it apparently it's a common dream for people to have where they are just being themselves and their teeth are a little like crumbling out of your mouth or like falling out of your mouth. You're like losing teeth or they're like breaking apart. And that's like a really common dream that some people have um, where their teeth are just like break. And what's interesting is I've had my teeth break off in my mouth in real life. So I feel like I have more dreams of my teeth crumbling apart because I've actually experienced it in my real life. And Nick and I were talking about how that dream specifically could be like a 
evolutionary like artifact of our i don't know like dream stuff like we 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 dream about what could potentially harm us to prepare our psyche for the possibility of being threatened by death or whatever but then i started thinking about it and it it seems like it might just like it could even be just that we are living in a time where everybody has dental work done and because going to the dentist is the fucking worst it's like it's like post-traumatic stress to have dreams about your teeth falling out because sitting in a dentist chair and having somebody chip away at your teeth or, or like pick at your teeth. It's not pleasant. It hurts. No, it's the worst. And everybody has to do it. So I feel like maybe that it, it maybe it's not like a whole evolutionary, like, uh, artifact. Maybe it's just because all of us go to the dentist and it, we all hate it. Yeah. And we, so we were talking about the, the, we got into the evolutionary side. That's like, okay, well, why it's not it's not just about experience because if there's enough people to have had this this dream experience through a culture then it's beyond just the people that are uh maybe like us or whatever that have the benefit of going to the dentist and having the trauma of going to the dentist so that i thought that was really fascinating that's like maybe maybe it is something evolutionary that in history, like maybe uh, even 200 years ago or 300 years ago, um, like the fear of losing your teeth, losing your teeth might mean losing your life or, or like you might, you might not be able to eat, but you all, you also back 300 years ago, let's say in the fucking 17, early 1700s, that it could lead to a brain uh, or an infection that could kill you. Yeah. Uh, Which is pretty simple for that time period, I guess. Did a lot of people have wooden teeth back then because all their teeth fucking fell out? I don't. That's, that could be a myth that I like the idea of wooden teeth. I don't know how real that was, but I would love to find some artifacts of some wooden teeth. There probably are. Didn't, didn't, George Washington have wooden teeth? That's the big that's the big story. Is if George Washington had wooden teeth because he had terrible teeth. But I guess that's just like dentures before there was like formable porcelain or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wooden wooden teeth just don't seem that comfortable. I mean, it's like that's well, a scene. you don't that have any other option. You can either use your gums or you put some wood in there. You gum it or you You can't fucking... use rocks. Not yeah. You I mean, you could, but it wouldn't look like teeth. You can it's make all, wood look not like great. teeth pretty easily. So I, I mean, pulled, they used to whittle shit all the time back then. You know, they were whittle. That, that's all you could do yeah, without like, the without TV and internet. What did you, you do? Your, you whittle. Your local whittler, whittler, and he's just like, describe your teeth to me. What did they used to look like? And you're just like, well, <laughs> I had one that was kind of wonky over here. And he's, he's like, I, like got I, I got you. I got it. <laughs> Don't say no more. I got I got this down. He whittles you some. Wooden teeth, you stuff those in your face, and you're like, I can eat chestnuts again. I just can't imagine. I, maybe because our teeth, our young, like, stable, somewhat teeth, are, are so ingrained in our skulls. Like, I don't, I don't even think about what it would take to get used to false teeth. 
but I feel like it'd be a really big uh, leap from where I'm at. And, and it, it kind of actually, when you go to the dentist and you get numbed up, mm-hmm. you realize how unfamiliar you are with your own mouth. Yes. <laughs> like immediately. You're like, before you go in there, you're like, okay, I'll get this done. I'm going to have no more pain if you have like a sensitive molar or something. And then you go in, they rip out all your teeth. Everything's numb. And then you're biting your cheek every time you close your mouth because you can't feel anything. Your teeth feel foreign. And then it's just a nightmare because... Yeah, it's a nightmare. That's what I'm saying. It's a a, It is a (laughs) living... It's a week. Yeah, you're awake and it's a nightmare. So why... Why do you have dreams like that? So I pulled up very briefly, very quickly. I pulled up a kind of a overview of of um, a Freudian explanation of teeth falling out in your dreams and what that might mean. So there's some negative meanings and some positive meanings. I'm going to fly through them real quick. Negative meanings for your teeth falling out. <clears throat> First, insecurities. No, duh. No. All of us have that. Especially about a personal loss, which is vague as shit, and that could well, mean anything. It could mean that you lost a tooth, like me. <laughs> it could be. It could be exactly that. Uh, it's anxiety about a sexual experience. Oh, a compromise that is costly to you. All these are really vague and kind of. Loose. That's what makes me kind of think this is bullshit. But we'll, it we'll might we'll be. Keep going. But life changes and growing in quote unquote growing pains or tooth pains because you're being stabbed by a fucking yeah. metal stick you can tell what trey feels about this fear of becoming older because when you're older you lose your teeth that's a that's a, re, a rational fear um positive meanings of your teeth falling out which i never thought I, this was what i was going to see on this page but i positive meanings signs of personal expansion <laughs> wish or need to nurture yourself more carefully that is that is a that's kind of that's a positive outlook on a negative well, that's experience. a positive spin on a negative experience yes. it's like i wish that i would take better care of myself which sounds positive but really it means that i treat myself like shit it's like you starve yourself to death and then the spin on that is well you know i really do wish i would have taken care of myself and eaten when i should have eaten I guess that's positive, right? An invitation, another one, invitation to explore feelings of loss and personal growth. <laughs> An invitation. That's, that's the same as experiencing a loss in the negative one. Yeah, it is. A call to look at your support system. That's that's pointing, That that is an indirect way to point the finger at someone who's supposed to be helping you and they're not. This, these are all spins. Uh, the... The Jungian. Jungian interpretation, colon, times of renewal and, quote, rebirth, end quote. Uh, I'm not sure about that one. I think those are all fine. I think that trying to make, they kind of, there's some leaps in the the positive spins. but, But the bigger question is, why is it why is when you search for losing your teeth in a dream at on Google or anywhere the it comes up with interpretations because cult, culturally or maybe universally I I'm not sure how universally it is but that is a thing we all dream about we all have dreamt about I don't dream about that that much but I have yeah I dream about it constantly I would say maybe three times a week I dream about my teeth that getting fucked up. Is excessive. That's a lot. That's my life now. <clears throat> and the other times I dream about you 
you and Naomi. All the now time. we're talking. I, that's, that's, that's the whole thing. I used to, I used to have a lot of dreams about being at your house and being like stressed out. Like I'm not welcome. Right. But that's, that's some of my old dreams at my, we're at my house being feeling that way. Yeah. Um, I used to have dreams about that all the time. Now I have dreams about being at your house and I'm just like, your house is dope and we're all just kind of hanging out and like talking. You always have weird, you, you always have different versions of your house. Like I'm at your house it, in the dream. It's established that it's your house, but there's, I can think of different versions of that house. Like there was one where there's a master bedroom that had dope jacuzzi. And I was like, that sounds like, like, that sounds like a place. I was like, fuck, this is a dope jacuzzi. I was like, you guys have a great jacuzzi. And there's another one where it was like, it was kind of like, almost like your old house before you moved here, the house before. Yeah. But a little bit different. There was like an area outside where there was like a bunch of plants. So it was like a greenhouse type patio. Yeah. Like enclosed. And then like the kitchen was kind of in the same setup as the house you lived in before. But I don't know. It's like that's crazy. I'm always at your house, but the house changes a lot. I appreciate that I'm on your mind. I don't really do dream that much anymore, but when I do, it's they are remarkably intense and usually directly tied to my professional moments. The be- the best dream, the most liberating dream I've had in the past <laughs> five years was um, last year in March or February when me and Aaron, my business partner, we got, or maybe even later than that, but we we were working with Nike doing uh, retail video for their big screens on in their stores in like New York and and we were doing it in Portland and Chicago and all this all these places, which was really great. And then we were, <clears throat> this is kind of messed up and I'm going to share it on here. I haven't really shared this publicly to many people, but I don't, it's now's the time. Um, we were about to sign the year kind of retainer for me and Aaron's business. And it was the biggest retainer, like for, for us to have ever signed, we had a couple contractors that were going to be on, involved and we were going to be doing all of the North America big video production for the retail stores which is really awesome huge huge for 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 a two for a two person team with a handful of contractors it was going to be great and i and that night because we'd been working so hard and i'd been working so hard on all this video stuff i literally had the dream where where i could fly but it it was different it was literally like me and i remember me and naomi walking out of this little Italian wine type of place down this tile walkway. And it it wasn't like I just flew. It was like this moment where I felt because of, I had worked so hard, I felt um, this freedom, like complete freedom. And And I knew I could fly because of my mindset. So I literally was, I have not had this dream since, nor ever before that. I literally, from this tile, not tile, it was like a pavers type of thing, like outside. 
I, I do, swan dove forward on to the, towards the brick, you know, on the ground. And I swooped up like I literally from standing swan dove swooped up and just freaking took off. And it was, I've never experienced something like that where you, I chose, I I chose to be free like that. It was like a decisive moment where it's like, I knew I was there. Then to spoil the story, our client who was fantastic, Nike goes through a lot of changes and, and they ended up doing a lot of layoffs. She got laid off, which is totally fine. And we understood and so that whole thing came kind of crumbling down around us. And the lesson learned there is like, number one, for me, the, the merit in the win is not tied to that one situation. Yeah. The win is universal. Yeah. But you won that time. That, that means that you can win any time. But the other lesson is that it's literally never, never count your boobies before they hatch you know like we we had i mean the contract was was in going through legal it was yeah. it was like a day away from being signed yeah. which which in hindsight is totally fine um we love you nike people uh we love all the work that we get to do with you and it's okay we, yeah. we understand the business but that was so fucking freeing uh and i'll never forget that yeah. And and I thought about it this morning too. Like this this morning I thought about that one dream and I don't dream very much anymore. Especially since then. Um I just think I don't remember anything. So I only remember dreams when I wake up early in the morning and then go back to sleep. So like any time between like four o'clock in the morning and seven o'clock in the morning. And do you because, wake up at four o'clock? I mean, is that what you're saying? Well, like, you kinda... we have animals that sleep with us, so they wake they wake me up pretty early. Sure. Um, just because they're stirring and being weird because they wake up a lot earlier than we do. Um, so I get out of deep sleep at, at around like four in the morning, four or five in the morning. But I don't get up until like 6.30 or 7. So in between those times, that's when I have like dreams I remember. Totally. Because I'm not sleeping super deeply because I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, ah, it's it's five o'clock. It's like, I have to wake up in like an hour and a half. Then you go back to sleep. Then I go back to sleep because I'm like, I'm not getting up yet. I'm going to go back to sleep, of course, because I still have some time. You know, I'm fucking lazy like that. Um, But yeah, like in between when I wake up prematurely and my alarm, that's when I have like, I'll have six dreams and like wake up in between them and be like, oh, I'll have to remember that. Oh, I have to remember that. Every time I wake up, I'm like, I have to remember that. I only end up be, like remembering the last one I had before I actually wake up. Um, but then sometimes they'll come back to me later. But I don't remember any any dreams before then. Like anything that... Totally. And it's, it's kind of hard when you wake up in the middle of the night. Like it's hard to figure out like what the fuck's going on anyways. Well, the concern is not about what you were dreaming about. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I just I just feel like they stick they stick in your brain more closer to when you're actually awake. So, like, if you are like in and out of sleep for a few hours before you're actually up for the day, you're a lot more likely to remember them. And I feel like 
I don't know. You wake up pretty early, and once you're up, you're up. You don't like Th- that is fuck how, around. I I don't I don't lay. In I bed. think that might be why you don't remember totally. your dreams very often. Naomi, on the other hand, she'll wake up nearly when I wake up a little bit, mm-hmm. and then from then till when she gets up, which is much later, because she her schedule is very off from mine. But she, she will dream the every single day, every single day without with. Without a day off, like it's every day, she'll tell me about a dream that is so insanely vivid and ridiculous. Like, I I can't even believe it. And I truly believe it's because, like you said, the dreams that you remember, the dreams that you can ground in your mind as memorable or whatever, they happen when, after you've you've woken up and uh, kind of... Once you're kind of going back to sleep, but you're but you're able to kind of guide guide yourself into whatever dreams you you yeah. are emotionally ready for, it, whether it's teeth dreams or falling yeah. dreams, which we me and Trey were talking about falling dreams a little bit. Um, we we're trying to make a connection between teeth teeth dreams and uh, DNA, or like you know your our origins of monkey people pretty much and like how far back did teeth dream could teeth dreams go and like maybe that is a a response to our evolution um but the only the only fear that we are born with is the one of heights yeah which we were talking about and that i think that's really fascinating because like think about a little monkey man not think about a little monkey, comma, man. Think about a little monkey man. <laughs> I'm thinking about him. I got uh, like, when you're a little baby monkey person, the only thing you have to worry about when you're born is falling out of the tree and cracking your head open on a fucking stump. Yeah. And, and like, if, if the only fear that we have as hu- humans when you're born is of heights... And everything else is learned from your environment or your your people, uh, your parents or whatever. Like the heights thing makes sense. Yeah, it does. And another thing is like that. My like, <clears throat> I feel like our like the the ancestors in the evolutionary tree <laughs> tree get it. Um, the ones that were actually in a tree had tails, like monkeys that live in trees have tails usually the only like exceptions I can really think of is like orangutans, but they have like fucking meat hook type. They're adapted to living in the trees. Right. But like other animals that live in the trees, they have tails to where like they have an extra appendage to like grab onto shit. If they're like not, if they're going to fall or whatever, sure. We don't have tails and there's a lot of great ape, cousins that we have that don't have tails that we live on the ground you know like gorillas and chimpanzees and stuff they live on the ground they're like i feel like it's it's the fear of feel fear of heights would make more sense to me as something that humans are naturally inclined to or whatever <laughs> inclined uh i like what you're doing i'm throwing some puns in here that i don't the soft to, puns though. So, they're soft puns um, anyways, 
we like we walk upright and we are on the ground. We're not in the trees. We're not up high. So it would make sense that our brains would evolve to be um, apprehensive about heights. Yeah. And dream about falling out of shit because the way that we conduct ourselves and the way that we live our lives is not in places where we could fall out of something. But I don't know. Maybe that's like an an art, like, like I was saying, like an artifact of like times when we were maybe coming out of the trees and being more on the ground. And then, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of evolutionary, like, psychologists and scientists that like talk about how we we still do have um some of the instincts and thought thought patterns of like our ancestors but that might be one of it like i I could see fear of heights as being part of that yeah well and and like when you're uh, the the real fascination for me is like what I would assume a child, a baby, a newborn, fresh little pup, what do they have to fear? They have nothing to fear. And newborns are, like, newborns are cute, but they are literally worthless. They're worse than a panda. They have, well, they, they, human newborns are completely dependent, which which is totally great for humanity because... We love our newborns because they're freaking adorable. Yeah. But why do they, why are they, why do they have the kind of uh, the weird equilibrium shift when they're on a, a an edge of something that makes them kind of react to heights? Like why? Well, why would they need that? Yeah. Because they they would never, you don't just set your newborns kind of perched up right. on the sit neck. on this chair and don't <laughs> no. move or sit on this ledge <laughs> it's like that's not quite not quite normal pillows so around that's what's fascinating to roll me. right off like we i would assume that we have no you do you're when when i was newborn i can guarantee you i i didn't understand anything so why would i naturally understand that over the edge is is not good that's a lot to a lot of credit to give a newborn yeah they literally cannot feed themselves but they understand that don't fall out of don't fall off the ledge that's it that's that's the thing they're not afraid of spiders they're not afraid they're not afraid of snakes it's not like they can stop themselves from falling but but they they understand understand the the act of falling as something to avoid totally yeah which is which give i've got to give some credit to the newborns they understand something i'm proud of them they'll get there um yeah so uh we're we're gonna pivot this conversation into uh instead of the fear of falling there's another fear that i think is really interesting and i think it is uh um closely related but also totally universally uh, accepted. Yeah. And it's the, f- this is weird, but it's the fear of taking a shit in front of somebody. Okay. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm jumping straight into it. Um, there was a video posted by uh, funny or die produced it. 
And it was posted on, I don't know, Facebook or... I have no idea where it was posted. It was probably, probably on Funny you, or Die. It was probably on Funny or Die. But the whole concept, it's about what happens when you shit in front of a stranger. And it's playing off... I believe it's playing... It's a remake of a... Maybe a Dove soap commercial. Um, but the I, the whole idea of the video is... Uh, rant, complete, complete strangers being paired together and one of them sits down and bears their porcelain throne and while the other one stands there. And and that's the premise. And there's like five uh, different pairs. Um, and I watched this video on Facebook, which, vi- which Facebook is pretty much the sewer of content. <laughs> And it's uh, very appropriate. And it's the, very, it is very appropriate. And and if you're going to Facebook to what to find good video, then you've made several wrong turns usually. But this video stands out to me, and it is a joke, kind of, because it's on Funny or Die. Uh, but there's a bigger there's a bigger conversation here, and. I, I, this resonated with me because I have always been a person that is terribly, terribly, uh, afraid and uncomfortable with social situations like this. Like, let's say you're at a party. Let's say it's 1am, 2am, 3am, 4, let's say it's freaking 5am. And you're at oh, a party. You four. It does, that's, four, that's yeah. Cool. It's never four a.m. That's a pretty good party if you skip four. But uh, and you have to go to the bathroom. Your party immediately, your your experience at the party immediately shifts to something very different. Uh, you have to go to the bathroom. You're going to go do it. You're going to take care of it. It's all fine. But is it going to be fine? You don't know. You get in there. It's okay. No toilet paper. I'll find the toilet paper. I found the toilet paper. It's okay. Door's locked. I think it's locked. I don't know. There's this whole thing. Yeah. Going to the bathroom is not even the issue. It's it's the ramifications of it to your emotions that's an issue. And, and your, your social position, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, well, because the the fear that you're experiencing is, will somebody know but that here, I did this? Here's right? the question. This is what blows my mind. Okay. There's there's videos. There's all these stories about people doing stuff like murder. Okay, and like fucking cannibalism. Oh my god, these people could anybody could be a murderer. Who is it? You don't know. It's like the the statistics say that one in fucking seven, I don't know what the statistics are, but one in seven, let's say, are a psychopath. I think it's even less than that, actually. Or I'm sorry, more common than that. But that, oh my God, one in seven, one in six is a psychopath. Which of my friends, which of my six friends I'm hanging out with is a psychopath? They're probably none of them are psychopaths because you have... Hopefully you have good taste in yeah. people, but and you have more. Than but let me friends. tell you another statistic: one hundred percent of people are going to take a dump today, probably one hundred percent. So why is the whole party thing an issue? And I, I know this is like super tangent mode, but 
the emotional and psychological impact of having to make that decision at a party and having to, to it, you, you go from party goer to problem solver. You're now on a quest to make your life not miserable when you're feeling miserable and you're worried about this situation. And taking a shit is just one example of this. But all of a sudden, what this thing, this this shameful act, yeah, you know, becomes your existence for t- ten minutes, twenty minutes, maybe. Depends on the it's an hour depends on how efficient you are. But but like that's the concern. This video that we're talking about shows these people taking. You know, I don't know. It's it's totally canned. It's, <laughs> it's totally, that was a pun. Gotcha. But, uh, but because there's a toilet in the middle of a studio that's all white. It's like there's, I guarantee you there's no plumbing there. So if somebody were to do the deed, it, there's no flush. There'd be no flushing. It's but just then, dry. Then it's a dry. That's the, maybe that's part of the experiment. But so so the but the whole video is about these people... Um, with total strangers bearing themselves, they're they're quite literally bare. One dude, it hilariously, is, takes off all of his clothes. He's like, I have to do this. I have I to have take to, them he's all like, off. He's taking off his shirt, and she's like, Oh, you take off your shirt? He's like, I take it all off, which is really <laughs> hilarious. But but the concept behind there, behind the whole idea, is that you are entering what is but shouldn't be. The one, human, all of our most vulnerable states, yeah. pants down, sitting on the toilet, uncomfortable, and like in front of somebody. And this is where this whole video twists, okay? This video is about humor. It's supposed to be about the funny thing. But instead, while the people are sitting there totally exposed and like... In their most vulnerable state, instead of the humor coming then, what happens is that they, Finding Your Die, replicates the serious emotional behavior of the Dove commercial, which I forget what it is, but... So I, think, the, I think it's people like kissing strangers or something. Totally. Like but so, so the people there with them while they're taking a shit, totally exposed, lean in... And they accept them. Okay? Now think about that. Think about the moment when you feel the most vulnerable and the most afraid of being found out for something that everybody does but nobody accepts socially, culturally. It's like you don't want to be the one that everybody walks in on while you are ripping farts doing what humans do. But... Somebody's standing there in this video looking you straight in the fucking eye and saying, it's totally cool. We are all like this. I accept you just like this. Like, there's... I feel nervous for you, is what one of them says. Like, I feel nervous for you. But because... And this is is the, the fucking thing. It's like... The fear of being exposed for what? For what? I don't know. For being us? For being human? For literally being human? Yeah. <laughs> that that is not a fear that we should worry about. And this video is joking about it, but I literally got emotional over it because 
if you had the opportunity to really do this, if you had the opportunity to sit down on a toilet and have a random stranger there and they literally sincerely said, hey, dude, it's totally cool. It's totally cool. We're here together. This is how it is. We're here for this thing. You're doing it. It's it's totally cool, man. That acceptance takes no effort. We all accept people like that. Like when you're in a bathroom and somebody's doing their thing, what do you feel about them? You don't feel anything. They're just doing their thing. But yeah. when, when you are in their place, you feel a tremendous amount of weight. Yeah. That's like, I, at least I do. It's like, I am really uncomfortable. I feel like they're judging whatever. But if you had somebody look like, this is fucking, this would be a nightmare. You're sitting in a stall and somebody kicks open the door and looks you straight in the face and points at you and says, dude, it's totally cool. I got you. I see and he pulls the door back closed. I see what you're doing in here, and I like it. Yeah, well, you're doing it, a great totally. Job. Well, but it, it, it's just like that sounds so dumb. No, I get but, it. But though. that I, level of acceptance, none of us often get mm-mm. in our whole life. In a hundred years living on this planet, we don't get that. And I think that this stupid video has has put a bug in me, put a spark in me. That think about if you your biggest fear, and I think a lot of people might have this. I think that I might have this. Is that like taking shit in public and it's not great. You're at a party. You know what I mean? It's like every all it's a, the perfect storm of not perfect. And it's also terrible. And somebody can back you up and say, dude, it's totally cool. Let's let's get this over with and let's go freaking do our thing. It's all good. I got to drop one too. So you got to hurry up. Exactly. (laughs) And like, what, if that is your biggest fear, my my whole point, I know I've been rambling on this. My, if that is the biggest thing and and like really deep internal fear that you don't even want to share because it's so personal. If you can get over that, if people can get over that, what, what could hold you back after that? If somebody can sit there while you're shitting, if I could literally kiss you on the forehead and say, dude, it's totally chill. Like the video does. It's like literally after that, where, what, what could hold you back? What's your excuse for not being you? If, if they can accept you at that moment. Yeah. And, and why could you be afraid of anything that you would do after that? That's the point. Like, literally, we accept you. We accept you exactly as you are. We are all exactly the same. Yeah. So why are we all afraid? Why are we not doing exactly what we want to do? Because we might be, we as individuals, I, you, might be afraid of whatever that thing is. Taking a shit in in public, taking a shit in front of somebody. Maybe making an album that you've been dying to make or writing the song for somebody that you are scared to make. Mm-hmm. If you can do that one big thing, what the fuck else are you not doing because you're afraid? Yeah, man. Like it's <clears throat> the video is, is supposed to be a joke and it's supposed to be making fun of something else. And like, obviously 
like we wouldn't, I wouldn't be in a situation where I would need somebody's approval to take a shit. But there is, there is that, that social issue with you doing something that everybody does and, and everybody goes through situations like that where they are trying, trying to do something or trying to share something. It's the best you have. It's the best you can do. And you put it out there and nobody engages with it or nobody cares or whatever. And it's like, that can be really damaging. It can be really uncomfortable and it could be really hard to deal with emotionally. But I feel like you want to surround yourself with people who are like those, the people in that video that are supportive and people that are stoked about what you're doing and stoked about who you are and people who support what you're doing and who you are because they, they support you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? If you don't have anybody in your life like that, it can be really hard to do what you want, do, do the things that make you happy and make you who you are. I guess my point is, is like, we should all try to support each other in the ways that, I mean, the, the video is a parody of something much deeper, which is like you, we should all be like supporting each other with the things that make us happy and the things that all of us do. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like you're a little bit more articulate about this idea than I am. No, I'm, I'm just lost at it. It's what it is. And I think the real, there's something there. It boils down to this for me is that when we're making an album, when we're making our music and people don't like it, well, it's like, we're just, we're just, it's just some music. It's just a produce. We're producing a thing. It's just a production. Yeah. If we're making a video, it's like, it's just a thing. If you don't like it, then fuck you. Whatever. I don't know. Why not? Get out of here. I don't care. It's easy to say that because our music is part of us, but it is not us. And when and this is so dumb to talk about taking a shit, but when you're sitting on the toilet performing a animal necessity, there is nothing there except for you. And it's so dumb because we all it's like if somebody's taking a shit, people always are like, "Oh, gross! It smells like shit." Whatever. But in reality, we all do it, and you are dumbass if you're acting like that yeah but if somebody reacts weird to you it's there's nothing else there is no veil it's purely you and so if somebody's rude to you when you're doing that it cuts to you as a mammal not you as a creative it's you as a life form which is so stupid and simple but we need to accept people first as as life like you know like start at the basics yeah and if you and then if you don't like what they're making but you like them you should support what they're making because you support them yeah. right yeah it's like start from the ground up like if you, your community is built from the ground up like you like those people and if they draw pictures of fucking cows or something, it's kind of weird, but it's like fine that you're not into. It's like, well, that's their thing. Let them be. Yeah. We are humans. Let, let, your, let us all fucking be humans. How fucked is it? And we shouldn't do this, but to, how weird is it to alienate humans for being human? 
We are we can't be more and we are not less. So don't push us back, you know. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's something that resonates in me about this whole stupid video that's really heavy and I think it's it's that. It's it's like when it boils down to it, sitting on the toilet is a necessity and when people and my discomfort sitting on a toilet in public, if that were to become a point of of uh criticism or something, which it hasn't been maybe that doesn't hurt anything but my human self. Yeah. My deepest core existence. If I die in in a hundred years, I'll be in a thousand years, if my bones are still around, all they'll see is that I was human. Yeah. And that is the part of me that they are hurting. Yeah. The never ending part. And that's kind of a sensitive topic. Yeah. And that, and maybe that's why people are so, I think the culture is fucked up back in Rome or Greece or something. They had public toilets. Yeah. They had like the big thing where you sit around and talk to your pals and take a shit, whatever. Talk about politics. Yeah, sure. Hey, (laughs) fucking Caesar. (laughs) Probably wasn't Caesar, but uh, whatever. He probably had a private, private bathroom. He had a big private hole, (laughs) but, uh. Like you said, it's like community is a thing. Who, yeah. who who you're around is better than than anything. It doesn't matter what you make. It doesn't matter who you are. It's who you're who you choose to be around shapes who you become. Um, because we all need to be treated in a way that makes us feel not only human. Human's the this baseline. If you don't feel human around your friends, you've chosen friends that are dick bags and they can suck it and you should leave them. Um, but they, you should, they should make you feel better than human because we're not just humans. We're like, as a community, we are better than humans. We can be better than humans. Yeah. Uh, it's all very emotionally driven, but because we are, have we have the gift of consciousness and emotion and like, that's how it should be. As humans, we should lean into the things that set us apart from our mam- mammalian cousins. Yeah. We should write music about shit that's well the fuck beyond ourselves because we dream. We can ha- imagine something better. Yeah. Like that's what's incredible. And getting caught up in the simple, stupid things is just not. It's not how it was intended. I don't, yeah. A tangent that just went a little too deep. I think. <laughs> but I've been thinking about that all day. <laughs> it's a stupid video. We'll, uh, we'll throw a link in the, in the uh, description. You know, we take, uh, we can, ex- we can get voice messages from all y'alls. We'd love to get a voice message about um, anything, man. If you got a questions or if you want to uh, just send us a little love, you can send us a, a voice message on Anchor, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and we're and we're here doing our thing, trying to make music, trying to share our shit, and <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. Trey, what else you've been thinking about? Uh. I'm really excited that we're uh, making some progress. 
I also, I don't know. <clears throat> it's funny that we we talked so much last time about like broad strokes, breaking stuff up into smaller pieces, small, smaller manageable pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, that is becoming a really reoccurring theme in my life. So it's like, it's kind of interesting that we talked about that. That's kind of like, I guess my, my goal is to structure my life that way, I guess. Just to get shit done and to, and to manage, you know, day to day shit. So I'm glad that we talked about that. It's, it's, it keeps coming up all all the time. It keeps, keeps coming up. So I have a feeling like it's, it's just something that I need to like focus on. Have you had anything else from our podcasts topics come up pretty regularly? Of course. I mean, the reason why we talk about the shit that we talk about is because it's already on our minds, you know, comes up all the time. I mean, we wouldn't be able to have whole podcasts about some topic if we didn't already think about it all the time. Totally. I don't know. I, it helps to talk about it and get it out though. Like, I'm glad we talked about this, this stuff, like the, the video and, and all that stuff, just because I, I feel like there, like, I agree with you. There is something there where it's like baseline humanity is important to like see that in other people. And that, that could extend to all kinds of situations. You know, if you're looking at another human being, in a way where you're not acknowledging their humanity, you're missing the point kind of, you know, people who are like born a certain way and, and you have a problem with how they are or like how they are in their natural state. If you have a problem with that, that's, that might not be on them. Yeah. <laughs> that might be on you. Yeah. yeah. I, I just like, that's kind of a universal concept. It's like, it's not fair. It's not fair to hold something against somebody um, that they have no control over, or that they can't change, or or that is basic. Yeah, that basic humanity should never be judged, and and even like oh man, I could go. I could the the ladder could go up of of concepts of like anything. Basic humanity should never be judged. Yeah. But then beyond that, where you're born and your situation of your existence that is the hand that reality gave you, yeah. like that should never be judged. And then it goes up and up. And really, I think that the the big idea is that you just shouldn't fucking judge people because you're probably a piece of shit as we are. Like we're, I mean, in general, like we're kind of piece of shits. You know, a couple pieces of shit, just living our lives, trying to do our best. But if you're focused on judging other people, and there's a lot of people, especially in the U.S. right now, that are focusing a lot of effort, a lot of time and effort into pointing fingers towards other people. And it's like, dude, get the fuck up off the couch and learn something and do something. Be a, be a contributor to existence. Pointing fingers only... It only makes you look like a fucking jackass. Yeah. You can't offer anything when your fingers are pointing. You have to turn your fucking hand around and give something. And that is the problem that I feel like we're really dealing with. 
beyond the basic humanity thing. Yeah. I know that both of us are frustrated with a lot of things, but there is nothing you can argue with about generosity and sincere attention to humanity. And if you have a problem with those, you literally need to check your fucking self because you have some issues. And, and if you are, I, I don't know. I think that <clears throat> we need, we need to be giving more and pointing less. That's yeah. That's it. Well, you just, you focus on improving yourself, focus on your, like, what are you doing? How do you think? Are you comfortable with that? Are you comfortable with where you're at? If you're not, make changes to be where you're comfortable, where you need to be. Looking out at other people and, and looking at what other people are doing, comparing what you have with a, what other people have, it's a fool's game. You know, like it's a... It's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you anywhere because you're in your own version of the reality where you're only, you're only accountable to yourself. So if you're not working as hard as you can to become better and to become more open-minded, pushing yourself to, to learn more, know more, become more experienced, and expressing yourself in ways that nobody can deny, then you're wasting your time. And, and that's where I think that we need, we as, a, we as a you and I, and we as a culture need to go, is that we need to cut out the bullshit Stop, like, anything that is a lie is a waste of our human time. Yeah. There's no value for us as a culture when we accept people who are just kind of full of shit. Yeah. It's like we are only allowing a lie to grow within the culture. And we all know when people are full of shit. And that's okay. Like, if you are a person that likes to tell stories beyond reality. That's kind of where it the the that's a slippery slope. Yeah. You tell every story a little bit beyond what really happened. It might be entertaining, but who's who's benefiting? Nobody. Yeah. If you wanted to if you went to a, on a hike and there was a waterfall, great. That's a great story. Tell the story. If you say you went on a hike and went on a waterfall and you climbed up the whole waterfall and you fell off and you barely survived, but somehow a day later you're totally fine telling the story, that maybe that's too much. Why don't you stop it? You're not, you make yourself look like a jackass and you're making us all think you're a jackass. The expansion of truth doesn't help anybody. And for the progression of humanity, we don't have time for it. People who are surrounded by drama and lies understand how complex and frustrating it is to deal with all that. Yeah. And I have been blessed with a life recently that is totally devoid of lying and complex drama. And there's nothing to, to complicate it. Yeah. Because... It's just, I, like, I live my true life. And if you have a problem with it, then you have a problem with my, the way I live. Yeah. Not with something I did. Or maybe with something I did, but it, I did it for reasons that were positive. Like, you can either focus on something and do it or make excuses, 
blame others and not do it. And that's the slippery slope to just start this dramatic lifestyle that is not doing what you want and blaming somebody else for not for for the reason why you didn't do it. Yeah. And I and we don't have time for that. Yeah. Do it or don't. It's on you. That's your life. My life is going to be filled with helping others, trying to help others at least. <laughs> yeah. We don't have much time, but and trying to help what we're trying to do and trying to just do not saying I do or not acting like I do. It's just fucking do or don't. Yeah. And I want people around me like Trey, like you, that are, that are, that can watch me take a shit, but, and kiss me on the forehead. If you want that, and say, I, 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 I say, mean, I, I'll do it if that's what you but want. But say that my humanity is not in question. Yeah. That's what I want. Yep. It's weird, but it is it might resonate with some of you. Yeah. It resonated with me. That video resonated with me in a goofy way that she shouldn't have. Um, maybe. So the point of the whole thing is that fear drives all of this. When you, when you have dreams of losing your teeth, you might be afraid of the dentist, I guess. If they're... If You're they afraid of something. Yeah, it's, you a, might, it's just a, it's, it's all based in fear. It doesn't matter what you're afraid of. I mean, that website talks about all kinds of different insecurities, things. Insecurities, uh, life changes, the, the, the compromise that is costly to you. The point blah, is, blah, is blah, that blah. our fears creep into our, our psyches in ways that are, that can be damaging or unhealthy. So it's not worth it to let the fear and let your anxiety and your apprehension to take action hold you back from taking action. Yeah. And to worry and, and to, to also surround yourself with people who can push you forward in that and not make you more fearful. But well, and, and think about it. Like if you were, if you had no self doubt and if you had no concern for what other people think, but instead of concern with what other people think, you knew that they could look you in the eyes at your most vulnerable moments and say, dude, I've got you. I'm here for you. This is tough. I see this, but I've got your back right now in this moment and forever, you know? Yeah. Like, what the fuck can't you do? What the What excuses beyond that do we have? You shouldn't have any. If your biggest fear or, you know, your most uncomfortable fear is set right by the people around you, you have nothing but a free pass to be you. What else do you need to just embrace who you are and do what you do? There's not much else. Yeah. That's it. You've got it. You've got a free pass from us. We're here. We're here and you might be listening, but we support you. Sit down on that toilet. We will watch you. We'll kiss you on the fucking lips and say, dude, dude or babe, I got you. We're here for you and we support you. Like That's it. Do everything you want. Keep going. Don't give up. Everything's going to be okay. Nobody is holding you back except for your own perception of what others might think. But we have your back. And that's it. That's all. That's the end. So, um... 
This was a real swirl of an episode. <laughs> uh, but episode nine, off the record with Nick and Trey. We appreciate you listening. If uh, if you have any thoughts or feelings or questions, we would love to get a, a voice message from you on Anchor. Or send us a message on um, on in, on Instagram, Nick Witchman or Trey H. Tatum. Yeah. Uh, check in our podcast description. Or send, you can send me a freaking email at nick at nickwitchman.com. Thank you for listening. This one was weird, but we appreciate it. We're only human, man. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. This is off the record, right?